SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, a very uh, happy uh, Wednesday to you now here as uh, we begin our quest middle of the month of February, February 16th. Hard to believe this is where we are, but welcome in. I'm Joe Ranieri. We'll be joined, of course, by Ben Stevens any minute right now as we are getting ready for the morning after here on the Sports Grid Network. And we've got plenty of hardwood action to cover for you, both NBA and college basketball it was a uh, very interesting night, shall we say, in both of those sports. And uh, it's getting even more interesting as we approach the 70% mark. That is right. As the NBA gets ready to embark on its all-star weekend, we're just about 70% through the NBA regular season. Playoffs will be here before we know it, and so will, of course, March Madness which will be, uh, how we say in the betting world, uh, crazy. Just absolute pandemonium. We look forward to it each and every year. But we want to start taking you back last night to uh, what happened in the NBA. And what we had uh, was a slaughtering going on last night in the association. And we'll start with the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, the Sixers, of course, making an awful lot of noise, shall we say over the last week, especially at the trade deadline, their newest addition, uh, that being uh, James Harden, uh, was actually in the building last night for the Sixer fans. Uh, problem was he was wearing ripped jeans. Uh, he was not on the court last night, which means, of course, they still have to wait until after the All-Star break before they can actually catch Harden. They could have used them last night. Uh, and let's be realistic, because the Boston Celtics went to Philadelphia and they beat him. And look at that score, folks. 135 to 87. That is a 48-point destroying of the Philadelphia Sixers at home. A absolute unbelievable beatdown uh, for the Celtics. We don't usually get 48-point losses in a game uh, in the NBA. This isn't, after all, this isn't uh, St. Mary's Gonzaga uh, or anything along those lines. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll bring in our good friend Ben Stevens, the host of the morning after. And Ben, I, I don't even know what to say last night. This game was over uh, before it even started, really. But there is some injury news and concern for those Boston Celtics as uh, they might have lost uh, one of the key cogs, not only defensively, but helping that offense get back on track in Marcus Smart. How much of that game did you watch before you were like, yeah, no, it, it, it's all, it, it's all over. Joe, I got to be honest. You know me and as yourself, a huge college basketball person. So the two TVs in my living room yesterday dedicated to a great Tuesday night of college hoops that we'll get to in just a little bit. But I did pay attention to the Celtics and the Sixers, and I was watching that live line because as you're seeing the scoring update and seeing all that became last night in Philadelphia, I remember checking early in the fourth quarter where Boston was a live 43-and-a-half-point favorite on the FanDuel Sportsbook. That's how dominant the Celtics were last night, 
an absolute walloping of the Philadelphia 76ers. And Joe, I remember looking at that line yesterday and seeing it work more in Boston's favor as a road favorite and found that interesting, but it made perfect sense. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour of the morning after on a Wednesday. It's Ben Stevens and Joe Ranieri, Sirius XM Channel 159, and all of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. Welcome to the morning after on a Wednesday right here. Going around the association and looking at the hottest team in the entire league. The Boston Celtics, winners now of nine straight and absolutely dismantling the Philadelphia 76ers on their own home floor last night, 135-87. Pretty easy cover as a two-point road favorite. They have now covered in six of the nine wins on this win streak. And Joe, I'm sure you mentioned it. The Jays leading the way. Jalen Brown mm. led all scorers 29 points. Jason Tatum, a double-double, 28 points, 12 rebounds. Averaging over eight and a half rebounds this year. And Joel Embiid, Joe, on the other side. Still the MVP MVP frontrunner, although 10 cents of movement against his favored price after yesterday's result, snapping a 23-game streak, Joe Ranieri, where JoJo had scored at least 25 points, only 19 points and nine boards last night. And Boston starting to make their way up the Eastern Conference standings and those Eastern Conference odds as well, Joe. Yeah. Listen, Boston, the ultimate turnaround, Dot. Marcus Smart was a big part of that once he finally yep. got help. He got back on the court. And the, uh, you know, the, the Jalen's there, they, uh, they really started to come together. It's amazing what a difference a month makes, right? I mean, we were talking a little over a month ago going stick a fork uh, in yep. the Celtics here. They can't get along. Somebody's going to get traded, either Tatum or Brown. Somebody's getting traded. And boy, oh, boy, winning cures a lot of ailments in a locker room, doesn't it, Ben? Certainly so, but Marcus Smart may be an ailment moving forward. Left the game last night, couldn't put much weight on that ankle. Did come out to shoot his free throws, although missed both. And as you mentioned, Joe, a key cog in the success of the Celtics on this nine-game winning streak because the defense has been paramount, holding the Sixers to only 87 points last night. Seven of the nine opponents on this win streak scoring under 100 against the Boston Celtics. It's a big reason. Nine of the last 12 for Boston hitting the under. So we'll monitor Marcus Smart's situation moving forward. We continue to go around the NBA. A look at the top of the Eastern Conference up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Around the association we go here on a Wednesday on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159 and all across the Sports Grid Network alongside Joe Ranieri for the opening hour of TMA. And then we bring you until noon Eastern time as well. I am Ben Stevens. Around the association, Joe Ranieri, but with a focus on the Eastern Conference and the teams at the top of the Eastern Conference. Because on this Wednesday morning, the top seven teams in the East all within five games of each other right now as we approach All-Star Weekend in Cleveland in just a couple of days. The team that had the solo lead entering 
the Tuesday evening slate now tied at the top of the Eastern Conference standings the Miami Heat who were a favorite last night at home against the Dallas Mavericks but it's the Mavs pulling off the upset in South Beach winning outright as a five and a half point underdog Dallas beating Miami 107-99 ending Joe Miami's five game win streak in the Mavs as a dog as of late have won outright in their last three games when booked as an underdog against the best teams in the Eastern Conference. So Miami's five-game win streak comes to a close. Now tied at the top of the East. Joe, how do you make sense of all the jumbled nature we have right now in the Eastern Conference standings? It, it's got, I mean, it's hard to believe. And, you know, I looked at it with the All-Star game coming up this weekend. I, if you've been paying attention to football and now you're just trying to transition over into the association, we're about 70% done with this regular season. It's kind of hard to believe. It's not at the midway point. I mean, it's right. 70% over. Um, so right now what you're going to see is some teams, uh, certainly the more experienced teams, are going to be pacing themselves, right, for this final push, whether they have the one seed, the two seed, the three seed, the four seed. Uh, it really doesn't make a difference uh, to the guys that have been there and done that. Just get into the postseason. And we'll make sure that we're healthy and we'll go from there. And that'll be the big question. And nobody is. It's amazing what the Miami Heat have done with how unhealthy yep. they have been throughout uh, the season. And last night, again, they uh, they had an amazing first half. And keep this in mind, uh, Ben. You want to bet Miami Heat games that the overs in the first halves and then uh, the unders in the second half. Because for some reason, Miami comes out firing and then disappears in the uh in the third and by the time they get to the fourth they try to make this furious comeback like they did last night and they ended up falling short but they missed Tyler hero that guy the sixth man of the year coming off the bench uh when miami is healthy fully healthy mm. they are a very very dangerous team that nobody wants to talk about but a lot of the focus of course will be on the defending champs in that conference there as uh, they are trying to put it together. But depth continues to be an issue, I think, for the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll see if that uh, becomes an issue as we begin that final push to the playoffs. And we'll touch on the Milwaukee Bucks here in just a moment. One final point about the game last night between the Mavericks and the Heat. A total of 211 in a hook stays under. Five of the last six now under for Dallas, who has the highest under percentage in the NBA 37 games hitting the under in total this year for the Mavericks that's 66% of their games and Joe although the Heat have the second highest over percentage at over 60% of their games hitting to an over a couple of unders here as of late for the last six for Miami falling to the under you mentioned the reigning Eastern Conference champs the reigning NBA title winners as well the Milwaukee Bucks trying to round into form at this time the third spot in the Eastern Conference standings a game and a half behind both Chicago and Miami for the number one overall seed in the East it was a win last night for Giannis and the Bucks winning by nine over the Indiana Pacers but not a cover as a 14 and a half point favorite but the storyline Gironeri a 50 burger for Giannis Antetokounmpo, his first 50-burger since the NBA Finals last year against the Phoenix Suns. Not just 50 points, Joe, but also 14 rebounds. Giannis Antetokounmpo, the second-best odds now to win the NBA MVP at plus 340, only behind Joel Embiid. 
And how about efficient? He took 21 shots and he dropped 50 mm. last night. I mean, unbelievable. And it was a, a good spot for the Milwaukee Bucks from the standpoint of they had just gotten embarrassed by Portland uh, the night before. Yeah. So you knew they were. And Giannis didn't play, so he kind of had a rest there. And Middleton was just, he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat against Portland. So you kind of expected what we got from them last night. But you also had to kind of expect that, uh, you know, Buddy Heald here in a new uniform, the first couple yeah. of games uh, were not great for him by any stretch of the imagination to the Pacers. But that all changed uh, last night uh, against those Milwaukee Bucks. But what can you say? You put up 15 points for uh, what is it? 14 rebounds, four assists on 21 shots. That's the uh, right there. That is your MVP uh, at work there, Giannis. And that in a short series is deadly right there. It seems, Joe, to be a three-player race at the top of the MVP market. Joel Embiid, plus 155, was plus 145 before only 19 points against the Celtics in that drubbing last night. Then Giannis, plus 340, a little less than $2 behind JoJo right now. And then the reigning NBA MVP, Nikola Jokic, at plus 380. But it seems, Joe, that the Eastern Conference race for that positioning for the playoffs will also factor in to how the MVP might shake out as well as we continue to go around the eastern conference the cavaliers were in that third spot entering last night now drop to the fourth spot because they go on the road and pick up a loss against the atlanta hawks the hawks getting the better of the Cavs at home 124 116 atlanta an interesting team they played milwaukee in the eastern conference finals last season they entered this game last night losing four of their last five they had not covered in any loss this year joe but no matter because the hawks win by eight they cover as a two and a half point favorite and trey young went ice trey last night 41 points nine assists for the hawks eight point victory yeah, you have to uh, you have to take into consideration this Atlanta team and what they did last year in the playoffs, and mm -hmm. and we talk about it every year, right? It's it's the one thing we always bring up with LeBron. We're like, do you have any idea how much extra basketball that man has played in his yeah. career? And for the very first time, Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks they played a lot of extra games, and he said it on a number of occasions to start the season that the motivation to go. Um, on a Tuesday night, right, to the stadium and play like a meaningless game. They struggled with that for most of this season because when you're always in such a pressure cooker and then all of a sudden you come back, you start a new season, and you're like, oh, this sucks. Like, I don't want to play on a Tuesday. And that's kind of what happened to Atlanta in this first part of the season. But they are starting to come together. They're a little healthier right. now. Uh, unfortunately, they lost, uh, you know, they lost Collins. But – they uh, they are going to be a dangerous team if they can start the right this ship here for the final, uh, you know, 30% of the regular season. Don't discount Atlanta by any stretch. And, Joe, you're spot on. About 30% left. Most teams have played 57, 58, 59 games out of an 82-game regular season. Right now, the Hawks three games below 500 straight up in that 10th spot, which is very important. Again, the play-in tournament, in effect, in the NBA postseason. So Atlanta was in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. The team that beat them and won the NBA title still the favorites 
to win the East. The Milwaukee Bucks have jumped to that top spot in the Eastern Conference odds board. Plus 250 right now for Milwaukee, moving past Brooklyn, who was the favorite all year. Now in that second spot at plus 290. Ten cents behind the Philadelphia 76ers at plus 300. And then the Heat and the Bulls, who currently occupy that top spot. Miami, plus 550. Chicago, 15 to 1. And look at those Celtics, Joe Ranieri, 20 to 1 before the 40 plus mm-hmm. point victory over Philly last night. $5 of movement in their favor. Now 15 to 1, tied for the fifth best price to win the Eastern Conference. From professional basketball to college hoops, we go. A wonderful Tuesday night. We recap next here on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. My charge to all of you watching the morning after on this Wednesday, listening to the morning after on Sirius XM channel 159 and all across the sports grid network is do not wait until the month of March to tune in to college basketball. Because if you do, you missed one of the best nights in all of college hoops you will see all year long. Ben Stevens and Joe Ranieri, two guys here on a Wednesday TMA that do not wait until March to watch college basketball. We've been following all year long so we can provide you some insight after a huge tuesday night in cbb we do that now in the zone Joe, if you wait until March, you missed one of the most electric atmospheres you will see in a regular season college basketball game possibly ever last night in Providence, Rhode Island, at the Dunkin' Donuts Center, otherwise known as the Dunk. A top 10 matchup, 10th-ranked Villanova, 8th-ranked Providence, and it goes to the road team. Number 10 Nova goes on the road and picks up a huge, monumentally big victory in the Big East, knocking off the Friars 89-84. Nova covers as a four-point road favorite the first time this year, Joe Ranieri, that the Providence Friars were involved in a game decided by five points or less and lost. Now, 9-1 and one straight up are the Friars in those kind of games. Some have said, Joe, that Providence has been lucky, that it's random deviation to keep winning all of these tightly contested basketball games. I think it was a great game last night that just went in Villanova's favor. What say you? Yeah, well, you know, a 30-year-old Kyle Gillespie was the difference there. I don't know. It just feels like he's been there, Ben Stevens, for nine, you know, 90 years. The guy was born in Villanova basketball. He's still playing, and he was really uh, the difference maker there. Listen, at some point, yes, the analytics point to, I can't believe how lucky this Providence team has been. But they went into that game 20-2 and on the season, Ben. So at some point, you have to go, While, yes, it may not be pretty at times, and often it is not with Providence, they got the job done. I mean, the game before, they looked atrocious against the ball, and they had to make this crazy comeback in order to be able to win it. They did, but that's kind of what their season has been like. And then you take a Villanova team, Jay Wright and and this Villanova Wildcats team, 
uh, what can you say? I mean, uh, they've got guys like Colin Gillespie for this time of year. Experience matters in college hoops, Ben. You know that. And maybe yep. nobody uh, with more experience uh, on the court last night than what Villanova brought to the table. On the road, tough place to play. There's going to be another meeting between these two teams, no doubt. And uh, Villanova got the better of them in this game. But I think Providence will learn a little bit about how they react to this loss moving forward, given the fact that hell, it's only their third loss this year here, Ben. It's kind of crazy. Their first loss, again, in games decided by five points or less, nine and one this year. Also, their first loss when booked as an underdog, entering last night a perfect 7-0 straight up when booked as a dog. Yep. Now 7-1 straight up and 7-1 against the number, despite a late three from Jared Bynum that gave some people just a smidgen of hope if you had taken the Friars as the dog last night. And Joe, you mentioned it, the first meeting between Providence and Villanova all year, they will meet again three weeks from last night in Philadelphia on Nova's home floor. You could close your eyes, spin around 10 times, throw a dart at the prototypical Villanova player, and his name would be Colin Gillespie, who had a career-high night, 33 points, 5 of 8 from deep, 8 of 8 from the free throw line, knocking down clutch free throw after clutch free throw. Justin Moore, his counterpart in the backcourt, also 19 points, 10 boards for a double-double. Last night, Joe, Villanova had every single answer, really all game long. Providence would try to come back, try to muster up the strength. They cut it to a two-point game twice under the final two minutes left, and Villanova had every answer. Why Horker went under a ball screen and didn't hedge when Carl Gillespie was wide open for three, I will never understand. But Villanova wins, covering for just the second time in their last six games, ending an eight-game winning streak for Providence. And Joe, the reason last night was so monumental because it was the first meeting between these two sides all year long, and we have seen a flippity-flip at the top of the Big East Conference standings and the conference odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Villanova entered last night with a plus money price and the second best odds at plus 125. Now look, minus 210 for the Cats to win the Big East for the fourth straight year in the eight times in the last nine seasons. Providence now the second best price at plus 145. And Joe, you see the large drop off to where UConn is at plus 21,000 right now clearly a two-team race in the Big East and a huge result last night to benefit Jay Wright and the Cats. It's a huge win, too, because uh, they're just 5-4 and four against ranked teams here uh, this year. So that mm. is a big win for Villanova on the road as a favorite uh, in a hostile environment against the team. It, it's those two. It really is a, a, a two-team race in the Big East there. But you gotta, you gotta hand it. You when you have Gillespie, and you've got more, and you've got two guys that have been there and done this. Uh, ice in their veins. It makes them, to me, clearly the favorite moving forward. Until you can take them out when it matters the most. Because what have we seen from Jay Wright and Villanova over the years? When it matters the most, yep. guys like Colin Gillespie stand up, and uh, big players make big plays at the big stage, and. That's all they've done. So it's going to take a lot to beat Villanova here in the Big East. Joe, that's a great point. It's Villanova's league until they give it up. And you got to take it from the Cats to do that. And Providence had a wonderful opportunity to do so last night. But now it's Villanova at minus 210 to win the Big East for the fourth straight 
season in that regular season title category. Villanova 27 to 1 to win the national championship. We talked about Providence's value 100 to 1 as the eighth ranked team in the AP poll. They remain at 100 to 1 to win the Natty. Kentucky at the top of the board moves back by a dollar from plus 750 to plus 850. And the reason why? Kentucky goes on the road last night in a hostile environment at Rocky Top. The rivalry renewed against number 16, Tennessee, and it's the Vols that look like a very dominant side. 76-63, Tennessee gets the home win, snapping a six-game win streak for Kentucky. Tennessee, meanwhile, Joe, won five straight in eight straight in conference action within the SEC. Yeah, it, it was an interesting game anyway. Uh, JoJo Washington, there was a big question on whether or not he'd be going for Kentucky uh, yesterday. The line kept moving towards Tennessee uh, yep. throughout the day. But the reality is, listen, Tennessee remains now undefeated in their own home building. There's uh, there's about a dozen of those teams still left in the country here that clearly have a home court advantage. They play better basketball at home. But it was a game that was needed much more for Tennessee than it was Kentucky and Calipari even had said after the game that they they wanted it more they needed it more they went out and they pushed yeah. us uh, they pushed us around so to me watching that game last night never really felt uh, like Kentucky certainly in the second half uh, that Tennessee was ever in danger they kept up uh, the tempo they kept up uh, the pressure and they were the better team last night but they needed it more than what Kentucky did last night in that game. Joe, you bring up a great point. It was a Tennessee line really all day. Opened at one in their favor, mm -hmm. moved to one and a half, even two in certain spots in Tennessee, easily covering that number. A total of 140 stays under. I bring that up because the Volunteers are a top 10 most efficient defense in the country. In fact, ranking yep. sixth. It's a reason that some people might believe in the Vols for what they can do by the time we get to the month of March because Kentucky, the fourth most efficient offense in the country, only puts up 63 points, their third lowest offensive output of the entire year. Oscar Shibway still another double-double, 13 points, 15 boards for the big man for the Cats, his eighth straight game with a double-double. A national player of the year contender for sure, as is Johnny Davis for Wisconsin and the 15th ranked Badgers go on the road in a very difficult place to play to Assembly Hall in Bloomington and win late to knock off Indiana 74-69 against IU last night. Johnny Davis, Joe, a huge game. 30 points, 12 boards. Anytime the Badgers needed a bucket late, they turned it over to the sophomore number one in red for Wisconsin last night who waved goodbye to the Indiana student section on his way out with a five-point road victory. Yeah, he didn't, uh, you know, he's gone a couple of weeks here where it was a little bit head-scratching with uh, with Johnny Davis going, ooh, what's his, is he all right? Is something going on? No, he's fine. Uh, in fact, he dropped the uh, the final 13 points for Wisconsin yeah. in that game last night and, uh, and had himself uh, what we have come to know as a typical uh, game for him. And this Wisconsin team, very frustrating uh, to bet on, bet against, because yep. uh, they won a lot of games. They had a lot of things go right early on in the season. And, you know, we were looking for spots to fade this Wisconsin team. I know a lot of guys have been. Last night seemed like the perfect spot. Indiana, a different team at home uh, yep. than on the road. And we kind of felt like, wow, this is a, certainly a good enough number here that maybe 
this is the time to finally uh, make some money betting against Wisconsin. No, no, wasn't a good time. Uh, Wisconsin today, fantastic job of closing it out with one of the ultimate closers in college hoops. Joe, the Hoosiers, 10-3 against the spread as a favorite at home entering last night. A three-point favorite seemed like a good spot, but Wisconsin wins outright. Now 5-2 and two ATS Ooh. as an underdog. All five covers, five outright wins Ooh. for Wisconsin. The third best odds in the Big Ten at plus 360. Purdue, the favorite, even money. Illinois behind them at plus 170. Both the Boilers and the Illini in action tonight. By the way, Penn State upsets Michigan State in Happy Valley last night. We look at some big picture college basketball next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is February. Soon is March, which means the madness fully picks up in college basketball. The morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159, I am Ben Stevens alongside Joe Ranieri for the opening hour of TMA on this Wednesday. I said don't wait until March to watch college basketball, but it's on the horizon. Most teams around the country, five, six regular season games left before conference tournaments, and then the big dance in a great market right now, Joe, on the FanDuel Sportsbook is the odds not to just win the national championship, but to make the final four. So what we're going to do here is look at the 16 best odds on FanDuel to make a final four appearance. We call it the morning afters sweet 16 at the moment. And of course, we start with what could be considered the one line in Gonzaga, the favorite to win the national championship at a short price of plus 410, is in minus money, Joe Ranieri, to make the final four. Yeah. Minus 110 for the Zags to get back to the final four for a second straight NCAA tournament. Kentucky actually moving back off this number following the loss to Tennessee last night. They are tied with Arizona for the second best odds at plus 190. Auburn and Purdue, a Ooh. note here, both tied at plus 210, but we give Auburn the nod because they are the number two team in the AP poll and have a better record overall. So that is the one line, Joe. Let's start with the number one team in the country in Gonzaga. Would you ever pay minus money for a team to make the Final Four in the middle of February? No. Uh, can't, uh, <laughs> can't do it. I mean, the time to bet the Zag certainly isn't now uh, because, and, and we've seen it, while they should be, and, and let's go that route, Ben, do, are they deserving of that price? Yes, they are absolutely yeah. deserving. It is not a fluke that the Zags are that price and are going to be one of the number one seeds, you know, come March uh, Madness. They should be. Uh, right. But from there on down, to me, it gets real interesting with Kentucky, Arizona, Auburn, you know, who are those number one seeds going to be uh, come tournament time? I think it's safe to say the Zags are going to be one. Uh, right. Is Kentucky a number one seed? Is Kansas a number one seed? Can they be? Um, it is a pretty much a coin flip there when you look at some of these championship numbers here and where they might get seeded uh, come, uh, come March Madness. There's a lot still to be determined here. 
Uh, but the Zags are the one I am the only one comfortable with saying, yes, we know what we're going to get from uh, from the Zags. We know where they're going to be seated. We know how they're going to finish the year. But I ain't yep. laying money with the Zags. It's still college basketball at the end of the day. Joe, I think you bring up a great point. Whether it be minus 110 to make the Final Four or a short number of plus 410 to win the national championship, it's not, is Gonzaga deserving of those prices? Certainly so, as the number one team in the country once again. But is there value on the Bulldogs and Mark Few? Absolutely not. And it correlates this market to make the Final Four. Really, all of the lines that we will show you and all the boards we will show you here follow pretty much in order how the national championship market looks on the FanDuel Sportsbook. It is interesting, though, because Gonzaga about $4.20, a difference in the price between the plus 410 to win the Natty and the minus 110 to make the Final Four. It's more in the favor in terms of market movement for teams like Arizona and Kentucky, plus 190 to make the Final Four right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Both teams plus 850 to win the national championship. And let's give Gonzaga their credit because although they have not won a national championship, they have made the NCAA tournament ever since Mark Few took over in the year 2000. And in the last six big dances, they have been very, very good. If I did my calculations correctly last night, Joe, 20 wins mm. in total in the last six NCAA tournaments. Two national title appearances. Last year, of course, losing to Baylor 2017 as well for the Zags. Two trips to the Elite Eight and two more trips to the Sweet 16. So tons of success in the NCAA tournament overall, but failing to do what they want to do the most, and that's cut down the nets as a national champion in early April. So that's what we could consider the one line and then we go to just behind that maybe the two line or seeds five through eight right now in terms of the best odds and purdue again is tied with auburn but we give the tigers the edge purdue at plus 210 as well at the top of the two line kansas and duke tied at plus 270 and then baylor behind them joe just 30 cents behind at three to one we had mentioned there were times where purdue uh, look unstoppable. I mean, they've got trees in and around the paint that you can't get around. <laughs> you've got, uh, in all likelihood, what, the number one pick in Jordan Ivey there. You, you've got absolute beasts there. The problem is, as good as they are offensively, they've got some deficiencies on defense, this Purdue team, especially oh guarding the perimeter. And that's going to be a problem, uh, I think, especially when you start getting it narrowed down as we move forward. If they they right. are able to get lit up from three-point range. So Purdue worries me. It's going to be very interesting to see how they finish this out, what happens in the Big Ten, see if they can correct some of that. But uh, Purdue should absolutely be at the top of that next level. Some might even argue, uh, you know, the Big Ten does such a great job of annihilating and eating one another up uh, prior to the tournament that maybe we shouldn't even consider Big Ten teams because of the gauntlet they have to go through. You know that, Ben. We talk about it every year with the Big Ten. These teams yep. just devour themselves by the time it comes to March. The last time the Big Ten, Joe Ranieri, won a national championship in men's basketball back in the year 2000, Michigan State in Mateen Cleaves, winning that for the conference. But it has been now 21 years 
since the Big Ten Conference has won a wow. national title. For whatever reason it might be, that remains a mystery. But what we know, it's been over two decades since the Big Ten, as a conference, won a national championship. And each and every year, you have seven, eight teams out of the 14 in the Big Ten making an appearance in the Big Dance. So you would think your odds are good, but they haven't been <laughs> when you look at the Big Ten as of late. And Joe, your point about Purdue is absolutely spot on. And we have seen the Boilermakers take a slide in the Ken Palm efficiency mm -hmm. metrics. Why? Well, they're the most efficient offense in the country. That's a great thing for Purdue. But they rank 113th in defensive efficiency. As you look at the top 10, whether it's offensive efficiency or defensive efficiency within Ken Palm, no team in either one of those two very key metrics ranks outside the top 35. You have Purdue at 113th as the most efficient defense in the country. That is not great. If the Boilermakers can figure it out defensively, I think they become a national title favorite, but that remains to be the question for Matt Painter and company. You also have Kansas and Duke, 14-1 to to win a national championship, $2 ahead of Baylor, who is 16-1. And again, when you look at this market in the national title to the Final Four market, it's a much shorter market in the final four because Ooh. Kansas and Duke 14 to one Baylor 16 to one but in the final four market plus 270 for both the Blue Devils and Rock Chalk Jayhawk and only three to one for Baylor so a much shorter market there then we take another step back Joe and we look at the ninth to the 12th best odds in UCLA plus 410 Villanova at plus Ooh. 650 entering last night now a dollar shaved on that price plus 550 Illinois plus 650 and Houston who on a little bit of a slide now as well still plus 750 the Cougs an elite 18 last year UCLA a final four team last year so tons of value for teams with a pedigree Joe in this portion of our sweet 16 here on the morning after you've got a an absolute ton um of and, and this has been one of those seasons too where Early on, it was kind of hard to gauge teams, still dealing with a lot of COVID cancellations and teams yep. going through it, right? So it kind of stunted the growth or gave us an impression of some teams that weren't necessarily the uh, the right one. And I give Houston uh, all the credit in the world for as many injuries as they have had to key players that were in that Elite Eight game last year, uh, and they still yep. managed to win the games that they have, I, I do think. Uh, Coach Sampson and company there will turn around because they play great defense, period. Uh, but there are, if you were ever to look in that, let's say, 7 through uh, 16 uh, market right there, could there be a team there to shock the world? A absolutely. Mm. Tennessee, and I think yeah. it's probably coming from the SEC. Um, I think that's where we all of a sudden, quietly, the SEC dominates football not so quietly, but all of a sudden now, look at what we're dealing with in the SEC this year for top 15, top 16 uh, on the odd port there, Ben. There's a lot of teams there that can get hot and can do some damage, yeah. and it starts with Auburn uh, being number one.
Joe, I think you bring up a great point, and we evaluated that market as it looked for the national championship yesterday because there's also odds for what conference wins the national title, and the SEC has the shortest price as the favorite at plus 300. The WCC plus 430, that's really Gonzaga, the Big Ten plus 460. (laughs) Again, we've talked about the shortcomings of the Big Ten in the Big Dance, and then the Pac-12 and Big 12 round out the top five, plus 480 for the Conference of Champions and 5-1 to one for the Big 12. And, Joe, you bring up a great point about where I think the most value in the Final Four market is. Texas leapfrogging into the last of yeah. our Sweet 16 now after last night's road victory in overtime in the Red River rivalry in basketball against Oklahoma. Now Texas 12-1, to one, but let's look at some of the other teams in this market. 13-1 to one for Texas Tech, a top five most efficient defense If the offense can pick up under Mark Adams, they could be a very formidable side come March in the NCAA tournament. My focus here goes to Tennessee, Joe. 13-1, to and we saw what they are capable of against the best teams in the country, like Kentucky last night. Yes, at home in Knoxville, but defense travels, and they are the sixth most efficient defense in the country. 13-1 to to make the Final Four. A lot of value on the Volunteers. Yeah, and um, there's a ton of value on the Volunteers. And again, they have proven quite difficult to get past at home here this year. You also have to take into consideration as we move a little forward, some of these teams that have these ridiculous splits of, you know, home and and road, you know, what they do when they're on the road. Uh, It is going to be very interesting. I think you also have to take into consideration who are your top free throw shooting teams this year here, Ben, right? Who are the teams at the top of that list? Because you and I know when it comes crunch time, um, you got to get to the foul line. You can't have somebody shooting 50%. You can't have your money on a team who's, you know, 52% from the free throw line and expect to get games uh, in advance here. So uh, I don't think there's any, uh, it's not a fluke that the Zags and Arizona, Auburn, uh, Duke, Kentucky, Baylor, Kansas, they're all in the 70 or better percent range from the free throw line. Yeah. That's where I always begin my handicap uh, when we're talking about futures markets for championships. And it's a very difficult market to handicap because as we reiterate all the time, Joe, it's a tournament by the time we get to the big dance and March Madness. You need to be playing well in that two and a half week span. You might have been the best team in your conference all year long, but by the time you get to the NCAA tournament, it's a different picture tough to handicap but value out there we round out our number one hearing from you about the nba up next sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Rounding out our number one of the morning after on a Wednesday right here on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. Alongside Joe Ranieri for the entirety of this opening hour, I am Ben Stevens. We end this first hour with one of Joe Ranieri's favorite things. No, not a Jack Weinberger handicap of the weekend, although Jack was in Providence last night for that game between the Friars and the Wildcats. We ended out by hearing from the public, which Joe loves to do. And we talk about the NBA with the public 
for the first time in a very long time. Let's find out who you think might be an NBA title contender right now in Fade the Public. Mm. So, Joe, most of the past week, the focus has been on two teams from the Eastern Conference, the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers. I wanted the public to choose between the Nets and the Sixers, who has a better shot at not winning the East, but winning an NBA title. And rather surprisingly, I would say the Nets winning this poll right now at SportsGrid TV on Twitter. Brooklyn nearly 59% of the public saying the Nets have a better shot of winning the NBA championship than do the retooled Philadelphia 76ers with James Harden and Joel Embiid. So, Joe, I ask you, do you agree with the public or are you fading the public in this instance? I love my public peeps. I would love to know the uh, the rationale behind their vote, but I think I do because I happen to agree with where they ended up there with the Brooklyn Nets. And to me, it's very simple. It's addition by subtraction. The team that doesn't have James Harden and that cancerous in the, the individual in the locker room, to me, is going to win a championship. Give me the Nets. Give me a guy committed to winning Durant any day over anything James Harden's involved with. And the FanDuel Sportsbook agrees. Brooklyn plus 600 to win the NBA title. Philadelphia plus 650. We'll hear from both Ben Simmons and James Harden starting off our next hour. But Joe Ranieri was here for the first hour, and we appreciate his time as always. Hour number two on the other side of the break here on The Grid.